Welcome to C3 Wellington. We're a community on a mission to live, love, and lead like Jesus. For more information about C3 Wellington and to find out about upcoming events and services, visit our website, c3wellington.com. We're so glad you're joining us for this message. We pray it impacts you today. Hey, everyone. Nice to see you. I see uh, some familiar faces, some new faces, which is always great. It's been a little while since I've uh, been down here in, in uh, Wellington. I love the Wellington saying, you can't beat Wellington on a good day. I was telling my daughter that all day yesterday. Uh, one of her, she's been to Wellington before, but can't really remember. And I, so I'm traveling with my daughter, Alia Rose, this weekend. And we had a fun day out in Wellington. Uh, not such a good day, as you would say, in Wellington. <laughs> It was like a storm, and uh, we, but we managed to fit in uh, to Papa and the Parliament building tour and the cable cars, which was fun. We didn't really get out of the cable car at the top, but uh, it was cool. And back down again, it was good times, uh, so we're really enjoying it. And then we woke up this morning, and she's like, hey, it's, the sky's blue in Wellington. <laughs> no, not really. Uh, it was good. And I said, yeah, no wind either. It's fantastic. But it's so good to be back here. We love Wellington. We love uh, Stephen Becks and C3 Wellington. And uh, yeah, I was actually supposed to be here earlier in the year at some point, and then that got canned because of this thing called COVID that apparently it's kind of taken over the world this year, and so I couldn't make it down. And then uh, my wife Sarah was going to be here this trip, and um, so I've taken her place, but she would love to get down at some point as well, maybe next year. Those who don't know me, my name's Joel. And Sarah and I lead a C3 church up in the Waikato and, uh, called Hope Chapel. We've actually finished our service uh, in Hamilton and Cambridge this morning. I've been keeping an eye on it because we run an online church as well, which is great when you're away because you can check in on the team and have a little sneaky look and make sure they're behaving themselves and all that sort of deal. The, uh, our youth pastor was preaching this morning and one of our staff was um, emceeing and they were having a they were scheming plan because I heard them actually in our open plan offices. They were saying, well, Joel's away so we could do that. And I was like, hey, what? Wait, hang on. I can tune in. I'll see, I'll see what's going on. But uh, hey, I just want to honor Stephen Bex. You guys have got great pastors here, right? And uh, they're doing a fantastic job. The message I'm speaking really uh, relates to who they are and uh, uh, value that is so strong in their life. Uh, why don't we give Stephen Bex a huge round of applause? <laughs> pastors don't get enough thanks, and uh, I think we need to honor them for all that they're doing. So Sarah penned a, a phrase that's kind of become a key quote for our church and I'm going to steal it since I'm here and she's not, and, and preach about it. But it was her, she came up with it. She, she started saying to people in meetings and stuff, hey, you know, success in this season looks like faithfulness. Success in this season looks like faithfulness. It's kind of become on repeat the amount of scenarios and situations in church life and people's lives where this is so apt right now. Hey, success for you just looks like faithfulness. And so it's kind of become a catchphrase, and we actually created a, a vision series around this phrase. Uh, just We've just finished it in our church. And really, the vision for Hope Chapel right now is faithfulness. That's what we're going after. And so I wanted to uh, bring a message, kind of a blend of our series just all condensed down into a few short minutes with you this morning. But what is faithfulness? Well, I've got a great example of faithfulness. I During lockdown, one of the lockdowns, I kind of forget which one now, but I, I was away and I was just searching trade me as you do and Facebook marketplace. I love to wheel and deal. And so I ended up buying a boat and uh, 
it was in lockdown, so I couldn't even get the boat, but I bought it anyway and said, I'll pick it up during lockdown, after lockdown. And he said, well, lockdown better lift because we're moving house and the boat's got to be gone. It was kind of one of those situations. But luckily, lockdown lifted up in Auckland the day that he had to move house. So I shot up there and picked up this boat and got it home. And it was like, yeah, this is awesome. And, you know, he hadn't had it out for a while and sat around for a bit. It was looking a little bit worse for wear. But uh, uh, we started cleaning it up, getting it organized. And then Sarah said, hey, Let's take the boat out after school when the kids get home from school. This was still kind of um, not even really springtime. And so uh, we're getting it ready while the kids are at school. They came home and Sarah's packing up and getting the biscuit and the, 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 ski, you know, the tube and the life jackets and everything out. And by the time we got organized, it was about 4.30 in the evening. And against my better judgment, because you never take a, a boat out for its maiden voyage unproven, uh, with the wife and kids, let alone doing it at 4.30 at night when it's already starting to get cold and dark. But I was under a fair amount of prayer pressure or wife pressure, and so uh, we loaded up and headed off towards the lake and um, got there, launched the thing, and I t- cranked it over, and she fired up, and I thought, we're winning. It's going to start. That's awesome. So piled all the kids in and headed off down the river, uh, and I kind of stayed fairly close to the boat ramp to start with because you never know, you know, I was being sensible and, and uh, the kids were loving it. So we thought it's performing pretty good. So we took off and we went up the river first because I figured if it died, we could float back down and, uh, and that was fine. So then we went uh, down river and we started cruising down and kids were getting a bit cold. So we thought we'd put the cover on the boat. So I switched the motor off. And my kids were like, no, it died. And I was like, it's all right, it's all right. I turned the key off, it's all good. And they're like, what if it doesn't start? And I was like, yeah, yeah good point. <laughs> I was like, no, nah, no, nah, it'll start, no worries. And um, so we, the kids got their jackets on, we put the cover on the boat, went to start it up, and it's like, Rump. I was like, oh, that doesn't sound so good. And, I was like, Rump. and the battery was pretty flat. And I was like, doesn't matter, I got my jump box. Oh, no, forgot my jump box. So I, and we tried winding it over a few times. It nearly started, and then it died again. And uh, my, my uh, Asher, who's just turned five, he was four at the time, <laughs> he was like, no, we're stuck here forever. And I was like, so we're trying to figure out a plan, try to keep the kids calm. It's getting dark and cold. And, and uh, luckily, we're at Lake Carapero, so you're not too far away from the sides. But we were floating away from the boat ramp. And I was like, I got it. This boat comes equipped with oars. Because I remember seeing some oars in the bottom of the boat. So we pulled those out. They were covered in black kind of sludge stuff because they hadn't been used in months. And we pulled those out. So Sarah and I are sitting on the sides of the boat paddling this 20-foot ski boat made out of fiberglass. It's not designed to be paddled. And paddling. And I look over at Sarah and she's kind of got sludge on her hand and wiped her face. So she's got like black war paint on. And we're, we're paddling for about 30 to 40 minutes. Kids were having a great time. Hugo, my middle son, he wanted to jump out and start kicking. And I said, no, don't do that because the water's freezing. If you let go, we've got no way of saving you. You're going to float down the river. So they're, they're having fun. And we're paddling for about half an hour. And then Asher says, oh, no. And we looked over and he goes, we're still in the same place. And we were just devoted at that, at that point in time. It's like, thanks for the encouragement. So the kids thought that was hilarious. And so the whole chant the rest of the way back to the jetty was, we're not moving anywhere. We're not moving anywhere. As mum and dad like paddling for our lives, trying to get back to the boat. Remember, I had to walk it for the last little while, freezing cold. I cut my, well, not really. I didn't quite, it wasn't so bad, but we made it back to the boat ramp just, just as it was getting dark. 
And I, I thought to the kids, I said to the kids, you know, that's dedication right there, kids. While you guys played and mocked us, mum and dad stayed faithful to paddling anyway. And uh, we got the, back the trailer down and started winding the boat up and got it till it was almost right up. And, uh, and I was giving it maybe one or two final turns. And as I did that, there was this bang! And the whole winch exploded from the inside and the boat shot off back down the trailer. I was like, oh no! So luckily I had some tie-downs and some ropes and we had to put it in and float it a couple of times and back up. Finally, well after the kids' dinner time, pitch dark, I was roping the boat down with ratchets and different things to get it home. But we got there. We made it home. And I reckon that that is like the best illustration of faithfulness. When, when everything in us wanted to give up, when even our own children were mocking us and telling us to quit, we kept on paddling one oar in, the other oar in, paddling and getting ourselves there. Now, look, that's just a, a fun kind of example, right, of faithfulness. But if we're all honest with ourselves, this year has been one crazy year. Things have been thrown at us. Things have been turned upside down. A whole lot has happened. And we've been facing some crazy stuff. The goalpost has shifted and everything has changed. Those who are successful in this type of season... I reckon are the ones who can hang on to faithfulness, who can keep putting one foot in front of the other or one oar in after the other and keep on paddling and stay the course. Those who are faithful to what God has placed in your hand, those who stay faithful when everything is shifting and changing and moving, faithful to God, faithful to your family, faithful to your church, faithful to the call that he's placed on your life. God honours faithfulness. You know, God's calling for your life has not changed just because COVID-19 has come to our world. God's calling for C3 Wellington has not shifted one little bit just because COVID-19 has come to our nation. It does not change what God is wanting to do through this place. Just because we're rocked with COVID in our nation does not change the will of God for your life and the will of God for this church. Revelation 17, 14. These will make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them. For He is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. And those who are with them are the called, chosen, and faithful. The title of our message comes straight from this verse, called, chosen, and faithful. It's such a simple message, but something that I believe, if you can apply it to your life, allow God to speak to you through it, it'll change the game for you as we come out of 2020 into 2021. So the context of this verse is one crazy messed up chapter. I don't want to get into all the details of what Revelation 17 is going on about. You can read it for yourselves. But basically, it's just the massive evil has come against the world. Evil's rising up and having its day. It kind of sounds sort of familiar in some ways, but but it's coming in force. But verse 14 says, the lamb, who's Jesus, will overcome. Let me just be really clear right from the outset. No matter what comes against us ever in our lives, no matter what the enemy throws at us, no matter what life throws at us, no matter whether we're dealing with COVID-19 or health issues or a liberal agenda or racial tension or economic collapse, Jesus is more powerful than any of that stuff. And he will always overcome. But the good news is it goes further than that. Because here's the deal. The the passage says those who are with him will also overcome. That's you and I, the called, the chosen, and the faithful. 
The Lamb will overcome them, for he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. And those who are with him are the called, the chosen, and the faithful. That's us. Well, what does that even look like, the called, the chosen, the faithful? Well, Jesus, he's the ultimate example of the called, the chosen, and the faithful. See, before the foundation of the world, God called his son, Jesus, to a specific destiny. So Jesus was called. Then God chose him to be the Messiah and to come and rescue humanity as a man. But, here's the the but, Jesus had to choose to remain faithful to that calling as he went to the cross for you and I. He was faithful. He was called, he was chosen, and he remained faithful. So Jesus is our ultimate example of the called, the chosen, and the faithful. Hebrews 12 We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he is seated in a place of honor beside God's throne. Jesus had to choose to endure for you. He had to choose to remain faithful for you, to save all of humanity. It's so awesome. What a great picture. So so who are the called? Who are the called? Well, Really, in the general sense of the word, all of humanity is called. Because God's will is that none should perish. Salvation is for everybody, right? So, so really, the whole of humanity of, since the beginning of time is called. God's will is that everyone would step from darkness into light. The, the Greek word we refer to now as church is ecclesia, which is translated literally to called out. We're, we're called out. The church is made up of people, as it says in Peter, who are called from darkness into his marvelous light. That's the church. So, so if everyone is called to come into the light to receive salvation, then really the chosen are just those who actually step from darkness into light. Matthew twenty two fourteen. Many are called, few are chosen. So the chosen are those who are, in quotes, in Christ, as we like to say, those who have come into relationship with him. So if you've said yes to Jesus here this morning, you are called and you are chosen. But, but here's the deal, the last part of this verse, for those that will overcome with Jesus, the called, the chosen, and the faithful. And the faithful, this word faithful. This is where Jesus had to stay strong and remain to the cross. This is where our call is, like Jesus, to be faithful to the call of God no matter what comes against us. Paul describes it so well in 2 Corinthians uh, verse 8. He says, "We, We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. Now, Paul, just pause here for a moment. Paul doesn't go into the tr- what the trouble was in the province of Asia. But if you know the story of Paul, uh, of Paul, he had a fair amount of trouble. So when he's saying, you know, the trouble we had, it could have been all manner of things. In fact, you just have to skip over to uh, chapter 11. Paul does a bit of a list of some of the troubles that he has. Let me read you some things. This is from the message version. Uh, I've worked much harder, been jailed more often, beaten up more times than I can count, at death's door time after time. I've been flogged five times with the Jews' 39 lashes, beaten by Roman rods three times, pummeled with rocks once. I've been shipwrecked three times and immersed in the open sea for a day 
and at night. Sounds like my boating experience. In the hard traveling year in and year out. I've been had to ford rivers, fend off robbers, struggle with friends, struggle with foes. I've been at risk in the city, at risk in the country, endangered by the desert sun and the sea storm. I've been betrayed by those I thought were my brothers. I've known drudgery and hard labor, many a long and lonely night without sleep, many a missed meal, blasted by the cold, naked to the weather. I mean, this guy has been through it all, whose life suddenly sounds like a bed of roses, right, by comparison. Helps us put things in perspective sometimes, you know. You you hear about people who are having struggles in their life, you're like, well, compared to Paul, maybe not. Stay faithful. So crazy, but So his trouble in Asia that he's referring to here could have been any one of those things or it could have been something entirely different. I love that he doesn't actually specify it though because it kind of relates to any trouble that we're having. We can connect with this verse and say, hey, you know the trouble that I've been having, right? Whatever that trouble is. If we go back to chapter eight, it says, he carries on. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. You know, Jesus actually describes something very similar in the Garden of Gethsemane right before he was going to the cross. You know the words Jesus said? He says, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. So Jesus, his, his soul, he felt like he was being, literally being crushed by the grief to the point he thought he was going to die. But you know the great news for us, right, sitting here, having hope in our hearts, is that Jesus stayed faithful. Even when his soul was crushed with grief, even when he thought he might die, it was so overwhelming. He chose to stay faithful. And here we are sitting here 2,000 odd years later with hope in our hearts and a future for eternity because of his faithfulness. So even when uh, the cross was before him, the pressure was crushing him, even though everything in him wanted to get out of that pressure, he stayed faithful. You know, my kids, we... Our kids are now nine, uh, seven, and five, but pretty much from the, the age of about uh, two years old, I suppose, we, we, we've came across this phenomenon that pretty much all parents know about, and that's this, this thing when kids get in trouble uh, or start fighting with each other, the, the, the basic instinct of a child is to run. They, they get out of the room, right? So if you're trying to tell them off or their brother's being annoying or something happens, they, they hightail it, stomping. We, we now get stomping of feet and slamming of doors and all that kind of deal. We don't even have the teenagers yet, but apparently it starts before teenage years. But, but the, the pressure comes on in a moment, whether we're disciplining them or they're having a fight, and it's like too much to bear, and they're out of the room, Right? It's, it's typical, you go, oh, that's just kids, that's what happens. Here's the deal, though. The problem is, from my experience, uh, adults tend to have the same problem, right? We may, we may not slam doors and stomp our feet, although we might sometimes, you never know what goes on. But in general and in life, the basic human instinct is to leave the room. And, and our kids, we've been teaching them from a young age, maybe unsuccessfully because they still do it, but, but we keep trying to say to them, hey, stay in the room. St- stay in the room. Face up to what's happening in this moment because if you can deal with it now, it's going to be a whole lot better for the rest of the day. If you leave the room now, the pressure goes away. You can have some time to cool off, but you still have to come back, right? There's no way, no getting around it. Eventually, they're going to end up back in the room again. And it's exactly the same for us adults. We can leave the room and it feels like all the pressures come off. Oh, that was the best decision I ever made. Look, all my stress has melted away. 
The problem is, though, at some point or another, whether it's your will or uh, your choice or not, God's going to get you back to the same place at some point, back in the room to face the same thing. What if we could commit to staying in the room, even when the pressure seems like too much and overwhelming? What if the thing you're trying to escape in life is the very thing God wants to grow you through? Because pressure is what builds our capacity and pressure is what builds our faith. You know, pressure makes wine and pressure creates diamonds. It's that pressure that brings out the good things. A little bit of pressure is actually good for you. That's a fairly controversial statement to make in today's society where it's all about taking the pressure off. But I believe if we can stay in the room and deal with a little bit of pressure and stay faithful, then God increases our capacity, God increases our faith, we grow as a person and we push through until the next moment when we're in the room again. If it was okay for Jesus, I think it's okay for you and I to have a little bit of pressure. You can win in the midst of any pressure that comes against you in life as long as you stay in the room. If you leave the room, the pressure's gone and the moment's gone. Stay faithful to the vision that God has placed in your hands. So, so come back to Paul's story, verse 9. He goes on to say, In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely on only God, who raises the dead. I, I love the bit he just adds in, who raises the dead. By the way, just in case you don't know who I'm talking about, it's the God who raises the dead, right? That God. And if he can raise the dead, surely he can raise your situation and lift you through that. So they learned to rely on God. So in the face of impossible situations, an expectation of death, that's their expectation, was death. They learned to rely only on God. This faithfulness in Paul led to, to a reliance on God over their own strength. The called the chosen and the faithful will be with Jesus when he overcomes. If we can be faithful, then we will be with Christ and Jesus always overcomes. If he can raise people from the dead, then he can help you overcome whatever you're facing right now or whatever you will face for the rest of this year or into 2021. Verse 10, and they did rescue us from mortal danger. Oh, and he did rescue us from mortal danger. And he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him and he will continue to rescue us. So it's, if he's done it before, he can do it again, right? If he's done it before, he can do it again. Most of us who have been walking with Jesus for some point in time has seen God overcome on our behalf before. So it's the same God yesterday, today, forever. If he's done it before in your life or your friend's life or your family's life, if you've seen him perform a miracle of health or finances or provision or whatever it is, if that's the God who can do those miracles, he can raise Jesus from the dead. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. So if he's done it before, he can do it again. That's the God that we walk with. That's the God that we serve. I'm, I'm speaking to your faith here this morning because I believe that there's some people who in the midst of this year have not intentionally but slowly let your faith diminish. God, God is a God of the miraculous. He's the God of the impossible. He's the God that operates in that scary faith zone. You want to know 
where God is, you want to experience His presence in your life, then just step out of the boat. Get into the scary zone, the faith zone. That's where He hangs out. I've seen it time and time again. If you can operate in a gift of faith, step out of the boat into that scary zone, God's presence is there. He will work with you. He will overcome on your behalf. And He did rescue us. If He's done it before, He can do it again. You and I are the called, the chosen, and we must be the faithful, the faithful. Maybe Troy, if you want to come and play. When I first came here, I couldn't remember Troy's name. I called him the keys man, I think it was, or piano man or something like that. It kind of stuck. Then I got to know him and I thought, man, he's so much more than the the keys man, (laughs) the piano man. I believe that success for your life, success for your family, Success for this church, success for whatever you're dreaming of right here in this moment, success simply looks like faithfulness. Forget all the other measures of success that maybe you started 2020 with. The goalposts have changed. No one could have predicted the year that we had. So throw out all the old measures of success. If you can leave this room and just remember that, hey, success in this season looks like faithfulness. If you can remain faithful to whatever God is asking you to remain faithful to, you will be successful. You will be the called, the chosen, and the faithful. And if you, are, if you remain faithful, then the Word of God says that Jesus will overcome on your behalf. And the Bible says nothing is impossible with Him. You've got to remain faithful. Faithfulness sounds easy, but it's actually pretty hard going. Because everything inside of you will be screaming, get out of the room, get out of the room, because that's human nature, right? Everything will. But you've got to go against your own thoughts and logic or what seems like the easiest thing to do to relieve the pressure and stay in the room. Maybe it's not as drastic as your whole faith walk could be, or maybe it's something like a relationship or your job or serving in church or the dream that you've been hanging on to for years that just does not seem to ever happen for you. Maybe that dream that you've just about given up on in a COVID-19 year. How could that ever happen? Whatever it is, we're dealing with crazy stuff. We're all facing things. My advice to you this morning is so simple. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. Don't tap out. Stay in the room. Success looks like faithfulness. And you know the great news is that God can work with your faithfulness. That's all we have to bring in. Hey, God, I'm faithful. God, I'm faithful to your call on my life. I'm faithful to my family. Hey, I'm faithful in that situation. Hey, I'm gonna remain faithful. If you can do that, I can promise you on the authority of the Word of God that Jesus will overcome and you will be with Him when He does it. The called, the chosen, and the faithful. Stay faithful to whatever God has. Stay in the room. At this point in New Zealand with COVID-19, it's kind of like we're done talking about it. I know it's the case in our church. We've had so many different scenarios. Oh, yes, we're back to level one. Let's just forget about it. And we don't want to mention that. We just want to focus on the future. 
It's great to focus on the future, but we need to be realistic about the fact that, hey, this thing's hanging around and life is not the same as what it once was. And we can come into church for an hour and a half and pretend like we've got it all together and it has had no effect on us. But let me tell you, it's had an effect on everybody, regardless of whether you've lost your job or you still have it, regardless of whether you can pay your bills or you can't, regardless of whether your emotional and mental health is still okay or not, it has had an effect on everybody. And we'd be dishonest with ourselves and those around us in our whanau if we uh, told everyone that we're, we're sweet, it's fine, it's had no effect because we never thought we'd have to tell our kids that they can't go to school or that we can't leave the house or that, that you have to wear a mask or that this virus could uh, destroy the economy. Or we, We're dealing with people in our church who've lost their jobs. We're dealing with marriages that are on the rocks. We're dealing with people who are suicidal. We're dealing with people who, who are, uh, don't know how to pay their mortgages. We're, we're dealing with people who have had mental health issues and breakdowns. Our Hope Helps ministry has gone off the Richter as far as helping people in our church and one degree of separation, those within the relationships of the people within our community. So we know that it has had an effect. But I also know the solution is to stay faithful because He's fighting on our behalf. For, For your church here, for C3 Wellington, community, corporately, you must be determined as a church to stay faithful. I I bet you never expected that church life would look like this coming into 2020. I I had a prophetic word for our church the end of last year uh, that was called new. And and we declared and prophesied new for our church for 2020. And we're all this, we did a whole thing on it and this new, that God's bringing this new and I stood on the platform and said, God's doing something with the church that's so brand new, we've never seen it before. I don't know exactly what it's gonna look like. And one of our teams said that, she asked if we were doing anything specific in March 2020 because she felt like something was gonna accelerate the new for our church. It's gonna change the game. I said, well, I haven't got anything planned, but I better get planning. (laughs) But little did we know that this thing called COVID was gonna shake our nation and shake the world and certainly, Everything we've been doing this year is brand new. It's not kind of how we're expected. It's new. And it's the same for your church, right? That you never would have thought you'd have to deal with lockdowns and not being able to gather and the hall not being available and trying to push things out to groups and trying to do online church and all of the the craziness. But you know what I'm so encouraged by? is that God will build His church. And if the church can keep thriving and keep going and keep moving when we can't even gather, then imagine what He's got planned for us on the other side of this thing. We just have to stay faithful. Don't measure your success as a church by the old means. Don't don't try and measure up and see if you've done all right this year by the old way, because the goalposts have shifted, everything's changed. Just stay faithful. If we can be faithful, then your church is being successful. That's what I reckon. So God is building His church. You're called as a church, C3 Wellington, to keep pressing on. You're called to keep worshipping God no matter what comes against you. You're called to keep reaching lost people no matter what. You're called to keep discipling. You must keep growing and keep moving forward with the vision for C3 Wellington that when it was first started and first planted and first birthed is still the same regardless of what 2020 has looked like. It must continue to stay faithful. Just because COVID-19 has wreaked havoc on our world, on our economy, on our social system, all of the stuff that we're dealing with, 
It has not had a single bit of impact on God's call and vision for this house. Because if we think that COVID can change the trajectory of the church, then we're completely wrong because God is more powerful than any virus. It's actually doing God a disservice to think we have to shift and change too much. So quite simply this morning, I'm calling you all to stay faithful, to stay in the room, to keep paddling that boat. You are the called, you are the chosen, and together you can remain faithful.